2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Price and coverage match limited by state law
1: Good evening everybody, how are y'all doing? Welcome to the show, got a great show planned for you But you know what, we say that every night because every night we do Welcome to the show, first time listeners, long time listeners Um, I'm happy to be a part of your journey We're going to talk tonight about how to not be a people pleaser I work with this with every single person There's a couple of psychological topics that everyone has sprinkled in Um, People pleasing is something that's very culturally created. Uh, We're not great with setting boundaries. We're afraid of offending people. Um, We don't know how to prioritize our needs. We have a lot of shame and guilt around even um, asserting that we have needs. And as I say often on the show, we are so accommodating with physical impairments and disabilities and illnesses. Oh, you have trouble walking. Oh, you you need different physical accommodations. Very reasonable, we can see it, it's tangible. Our culture is obsessed with materialism, and what I mean is materialism, things we can touch and see and smell and hear. Um, And yet there's so many things that exist in the world that we can't touch, see, or hear. Things that we can't even measure. There are colors we don't have the ability to see with our eyes. There are sounds we can't hear with our ears. They still exist. Sound waves, particles, atoms. Um, And then there's things we can't measure. Some of the most important things in life are not measurable. Things like love. We will never be able to quantify love. We can try to create a scale, but everyone's subjective experience and Whatnot will never allow us to really understand someone else's experience in that way, and that's okay. I love that. I don't want us to be able to quantify everything. I'm actually one. I'm actually one of those, you know, few people in the mental health field that thinks psychology isn't a science, and it doesn't need to be. It is not about the material world. We can't quantify. We try to with these diagnoses but they're metaphors they're loose loose attempts at materialism trying to make real these psychological and emotional experiences but we can't psychology is a sociological philosophical thing it is socially and culturally created and it's all about philosophy that's really what we're talking about of course it does have a basis in our body there is a interpersonal neurobiological component to it all our nervous system our brains but um psychology itself is not necessarily a hard science. And that doesn't mean that it isn't legitimate. It is. We just have to stop trying to squeeze it all into the medical model. I digress. My point was, is that in our culture, we don't really validate or legitimize emotional or psychological experiences. And people pleasing is a part of that. We don't ever teach people boundaries. In fact, we kind of just expect you to grow into them at some point in your adulthood uh children adultism adultism is the term that we apply to the mistreatment and misuse and devaluing of children's experiences and their needs we diminish when they're upset when they're in love whatever it is we write it off we diminish it we act like adults have more meaning and value we make children call adults by their last name and say sir and ma'am and all these things are just this attempt at a vertical hierarchy. We train children to believe that there are people that are above them, more important than them, that deserve more respect. That's your grandmother, respect her. Well, respect the kid as well. Everyone deserves respect, employees and employer. Um, We have to get rid of these hierarchies. That's part of the people pleasing thing is we train everyone from their youth that people in positions of authority, which is a made up social construction, have a right to control. And that you need to focus on their comfort and their pleasure. And then as we move further, etiquette swoops in. And again, that is about prioritizing other people's needs and comfort. Don't say that, hug them anyway, all sorts of bizarre stuff. Um, so tonight's show isn't really about how people pleasing came to be. I could ramble the entire show about it, but it's a uh, really more about identifying if you are and how to really work beyond that. Uh, it's hard work and everyone has components of this. It's really hard for us to, Ask for what we need and be vulnerable in that way. And people pleasers rely on the approval of others, uh, essentially to feel safe, to feel secure, to feel good about themselves. And um, how do we stop that? Well, it takes work. (laughs) Um, And that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, A study, this was in the uh, Frontiers in Human Neuroscience, found that people with difficulty saying no to others had variations in their brain activity compared to those who disagreed more. Um, They talked about things, and this is always what's funny to me about brain science. It's just because an area is activated uh, because of a behavior, which by the way, your entire brain will be activated. There's no such thing as it just being localized to one small area. And just because we can see an area of the brain light up, that doesn't mean that that's the cause. That just might be a correlation. It might be something that is, as a consequence. Um, but point being is that there are biological components to this. Um, but how do we push through and how do we work through? So I'm going to kind of break down a little bit of a working rubric to help you really take control back. Because let's start by saying this, what is the opposite of people pleasing? I have two answers. It's people disappointing and authenticity. So that would be what you're working towards being comfortable and willing to let people down and frustrate them. That's a sign that you are working through your people pleasing and you are focusing on doing things authentically, authentically asking for what you need, authentically, um, expressing your thoughts and your feelings that then will often disappoint and frustrate people. But as always, it's within the context of care and compassion because I'm not talking about telling it like it is, not having a filter, blah, blah, blah. That is someone who's actually unhealthy. Um, we do want to be thoughtful about the way we impact others and we do want to take a little bit of breath. All right, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about how to not be a people pleaser. This is something that's relevant to literally every single human being I've ever met. So stick around and don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
1: Oh, Rachel, we are back. I'm talking about how to not be a people pleaser. Um, so let's kind of break down the thought process you want to go through. And again, as always, the quality of your practice is the quality of your life. So if you don't like the quality of your life, you need to practice more and practice harder with all the different tools, resources, and perspectives that I give you on the show. It's kind of how it goes. Um, so if you're someone who has a lot of people pleasing tendencies, you got a lot of work to do. If you're someone who has only a few, maybe not so much, um, As i said in the earlier segment uh the opposite of people pleasing is authenticity and we really know that we're no longer people pleasing and we're working on more authenticity and transparency when we are willing to disappoint and frustrate people so if you are disappointing and frustrating people around really being authentic with your needs that's how you know you are no longer people pleasing um and people might not like it they might uh push back argue fight whatever it doesn't matter the work is just that you did it the outcome isn't part of whether or not it was successful just that you are no longer engaging in these behaviors because again remember we don't live in a world where people will honor boundaries being set people are quite happy being self-centered and having other people center them as well <laughs> um it's a uh, it's an epidemic okay so the first thing we want to think about if we're trying to disrupt and dismantle our people pleasing tendencies and again people pleasing is about really centering the needs of others to your detriment because it's okay to sometimes put other people first. In fact, that's mandatory. Sometimes we prioritize the needs of others, but it shouldn't be um, a habit and it shouldn't be to our detriment. Um, and so that's that's kind of what you have to break apart. But here's what you wanna think about. Let me get to my points. Okay, why, why are you saying yes or why are you doing what you're doing? That's the first question, the motive, the intent, because If you're just a kind, caring person, well, yes, you will often put other people before yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that if it's born out of kindness and interest and care. And, and as I say that, I feel very solid in my body. There are times where I'll say, you know what? I was planning on, let's say, going to the gym. However, I understand that you really need uh, help moving, and I'm willing to do that. So if you can, you can tell in my experience of that as I talk about it, and I'm sure if you kind of sit with your body, you'll think, oh, that sounded very confident. I, I believe that that is, in fact, what Dr. Chris wanted to do. It just sounds like kindness. So kindness is not people-pleasing. So we want to we want to you know really hold that distinction because people-pleasing would be something where you're like, wow, I can tell they really didn't want to do that. It's not really in their best interest. Um, it's definitely going to have a negative impact on them. They're not really confident in it. They don't want to. There's a little bit of anxiety. Maybe they didn't feel like they could say no. Um, that's the distinction. So again, if it's because you feel guilty, if it's because you can't tolerate frustrating someone, people pleasing. If it's because that sounds good to you and you're kind and you're generous and you're giving, um, that's just called being a good person. And there's a huge difference between those. Um, So you don't wanna just be saying yes to things as a way to avoid guilt. Uh, Why? Why does that even matter, you might ask? Well, because people that are people pleasers, not, well, let me not say not only, but people that are people pleasers feel diminished they don't ever feel cared for, Um, they shrink, but I think more important, they can also start, you can also start to build resentment. Um, Even though you might be the one saying yes and doing the people pleasing, you have resentment at others for requesting things. Whereas someone who's just kind and generous isn't gonna build resentment because they're on board. It feels good to them. It's enhancing for them. It's tied to their value system, which is the next point. Is your saying yes or whatever you're willing to do for others, is it rooted in your value system? Because people pleasers will often step outside of their value system because, again, they're prioritizing acceptance and approval. Because for whatever reason, they don't feel confident enough Or they don't think they have enough worth or value to be kept around unless they are needed by other people where people that aren't people pleasers know that even if i let someone down even if i have nothing to offer someone i still inherently have worth and value and confidence exists where people pleasers don't believe that and again how we got there's a different show um but they don't feel that and so they need to feel needed to feel important because they wonder if i am not needed why would anyone want me around what value would i provide and so they anxiously keep providing to their detriment so as to be kept around and so as to feel like they have worth so what are your values um let your values make that decision so it shouldn't just be someone asked me to do something it should be is is what i'm asked to do in my best interest and is it aligned with my ethics and my value system um Because again, and again, this is just a study, kind of related, kind of unrelated. Happiness, which is really what everyone's goal is, is related to activities and having your life centered in things that are related to your interests and your values. And so inherently, that's where the unhappiness comes in because you're participating in things that aren't important to you, that aren't tied to your ethics and and values, uh, maybe negatively impacting you. Um, But you keep doing them anyway. And that's what usually brings a people pleaser into therapy saying, I need to work on this because they're saying I'm doing all these things for other people, but yet why do I still not feel happy? Why do I still not feel good? Why do I still not feel confident in all these different relationships? And that's because, well, building relationships and self-worth on people pleasing and doing things for others to your detriment is like building a house on sand. It's very fragile. It's very flimsy and it'll collapse because it's not really just rooted in inherent worth, which is really what we need to see in those around us that like you have worth just because of the person you are and because of other things. Um, No, I'm sorry. Okay, so coming up next, we're gonna keep talking about people pleasing. We all can relate to a lot of these topics, some people more profoundly than others, because it's not really about are you people pleaser? It's kind of like, where are you on the continuum? And you might look around at your life and say, oh, there's a lot of instances where I am willing to be very authentic and transparent, and I am willing to disappoint and frustrate people, which is a sign I'm not people pleasing, uh, when it's meaningful. But you might identify a relationship or two where it's even harder, especially when it's with someone who you believe is in a position of power. It's even harder to not people please because maybe your safety's on the line or your job um, or some other important basic function, you know? Um, so we're going to come back and talk about that and then we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to. And, uh, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on You can binge post, re-listen and share. Stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right y'all we are back and we're talking about people pleasing. We all have elements of that. We are socialized to have elements of that. Uh, we give all these arbitrary labels to people in our lives which imply that their needs mean more than ours because they're older, um, because of their role in our life. They're a parent, a grandparent, whatever it is. There's, there's all this mishmash and um, we're really trained out of being able to assert ourselves. Assertion is something that can kind of lack in our culture, but people pleasing, again, is when you're doing things that aren't really right for you, that are outside of your ethics or your value system, maybe to your detriment, leading to you know, not necessarily feeling confident, Uh, but you do it for approval. You do it for acceptance. You do it because you don't know if you have worth or value outside of that. Will they keep me around? Will they still like me if I don't do these things? It's people pleasing. There's a lot of anxiety tied in there. That's the opposite of what we're going for, which is like, maybe you're just kind and you don't mind doing things. There's something very anchored and confident in that. Or you're working on the total opposite, which is being more authentic. Like, hey bro, can't do that. Or no, that is not something that's good for me. I'm sorry, I'm gonna bum you out. We know we're not people pleasing, as I keep saying, when we're willing to disappoint and frustrate people. That's the antithesis. That's what we're actually working towards. We have to be able to say no to people in our lives. If we can't say no, then we can't even say yes. If we can't say no, then we cannot even trust our yes because our yes is done under duress because we don't feel like we can say no. We don't feel like we have a choice. So practice saying no. Now, when you're trying out new behavior, start with maybe the more palpable or easier, lower anxiety inducing moments to say no. Um, I give great examples that are at coffee shops. Maybe the barista has your name wrong and it's really not that deep but you're practicing saying no, you're practicing not people pleasing. So very lovingly and respectfully you say, hey, actually that isn't my name. Here's what my name is. Or you say to someone, you spelled my name or you pronounced it wrong. And it doesn't mean that much to them or the world, but it does to you because you're practicing. And if you can handle saying no and correcting people at a lower level, then you can start building up to the more difficult times because there's gonna be a time where there's gonna be someone who has a lot of meaning or value or holds a lot of power in your life. And you're gonna wanna be able to tell them no, 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 I can't work on that day. I'm sorry, I'm not available. Or no, I can't come in. I'm not feeling well. Or no, I can no longer go to your wedding. I don't have the finances for that, unfortunately. Um, no, I can't attend your party. Um, I'm not drinking and I'm not having a great day, and that might trigger me. You know, you're setting boundaries and you're saying no. Unfortunately, We live in a world where a lot of people aren't going to say, I get it. I'll honor your boundary or thank you for taking care of yourself, which is what we should say. If someone sets a boundary with you or tells you no, whether you like it or not, your answer should be, I hear you. Thank you for taking care of yourself. Or you should say, I hear you. Not what I wanted to hear, but I appreciate you setting a boundary with me. That should be your answer. When someone says no or sets a boundary, you don't battle it. You don't knock it down. You don't try to talk them out of it. That's actually abusive. You're actually not being a good person. I don't care who you are. You have to be able to be told no. I don't care if you're a parent. I don't care if you're a teacher. I don't care if you're a boss. I don't care if you are a political you know, uh, leader. You have a, a police officer. You have to be able to be told no. We, I, It's about mental health first and that's about boundaries and that's about looking out for ourselves. And so practice saying no. Get so familiar with saying no that there's no longer anxiety. If you can't say no, then we can't even trust your yes. So it's about standing up for yourself and again doing it with people and in places that don't feel that scary and then we work our way up. So it's about boundary setting, it's about saying no. Healthy people will honor that But most of us don't have those people in our lives. And if this is new to us, people are gonna be familiar with you always saying yes. A lot of us have those people in our lives where we know no matter what we ask, no matter when we ask, that they're most likely gonna say yes. Don't take advantage of that. Like this is work on both sides. You might not be struggling with people-pleasing, but there might be people in your life that are. Don't make it harder on them. Don't take advantage of their boundarylessness or their people-pleasing tendencies. Don't take advantage of their low self-esteem that doesn't make them feel like they have worth or value without giving you whatever you want. Don't be a part of keeping their dysfunction alive. Help them, make it easier. It's okay to hold their hand a little bit and say, I wanted to ask you something, but I appreciate it might not be right for you. I'm comfortable if you have to tell me, no, are you able to blah, blah, blah. Like it's okay to do a little handholding for people that really struggle or maybe don't ask them if you don't think it's right for them. There's a world in which that's patronizing and there's a world in which that's a very loving thing to not even put them into that position because maybe they're not working on this or aware of this, but let's not make people's lives harder. Let's make it easier, but it is about assertiveness uh, we're not being passive. We're not being aggressive. We're being assertive, which is in the middle. Assertiveness and not people-pleasing has a softness and a kindness to it. We're not trying to be hard or harsh or mean or cruel or telling it like it is or speak in our mind. None of that is healthy. So again, we're not being passive. We're not being aggressive. We're being assertive, which is this odd place in the middle that a lot of us aren't really that familiar with but we need to get familiar with um coming up next we're going to do some dms and then we're going to come back and keep talking about ways to no longer be a people pleaser which is basically again about being more authentic more transparent saying no setting boundaries being willing to disappoint and frustrate people especially people in positions of power that is a mandatory part of mental health knowing that you have autonomy and that you can always, always, always take care of yourself. Coming up next, though, DMs. So if you've got a DM, first drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to hit. Past episodes over at WeAreChannelQ.com. Stick around, though. We got DMs, so uh, drop some in there. But you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We are back, and guess what? It's time to slide into those DMs.
0: Sliding into the DMs.
1: Okay, See, so we got here. Someone says, hey, Dr. Chris, I've been dating a lot lately. Love that. Because, again, remember, dating is to see if anyone is compatible enough with us to be in a relationship. Dating isn't the relationship. We date a while. We date multiple people. We take our time. We have experiences with people. We go through milestones to then really understand if we could pull it off in the long haul. We don't jump into things. People with poor boundaries will want you to you know, jump in right away and you take your time. All right. I don't want to ramble. I'm going (laughs) to... Caffeine. Caffeine's going strong today, kids. All right. Hey, Dr. Chris, I've been dating a lot lately. Awesome. I'm loving the freedom and non-commitment of just dating. Beautiful. That's the point. It isn't a commitment. There's a level of care. There's a level of responsibility and accountability because there's another human being there 100%, but it isn't commitment. And there is a lot of freedom within that. I always, A friend the other day was telling me a funny story where he was like, well, what happens if like, you're on a date with someone and someone else you're dating comes into the restaurant? You wave and you smile. And you say, yeah, it's kind of awkward, but yeah, we're dating. We're adults, we deal with that, anyway. But, you said, when I'm dating, I tend to treat them like we're in a relationship. Ah, bum, 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 bum. Some people are only familiar with relationships, and so they only know how to think very relationally, and that's about prioritization and expectations, where casual dating is, you know, we're not gonna necessarily talk every day, I'm not necessarily gonna see you every weekend, that doesn't mean you don't like me, that doesn't mean something's wrong, it just means you have other competing, ongoing priorities, friends, family, Sports, church, whatever you do. Knitting. Anyway, uh, you said instead of just dates, it will include coming over after for drinks and staying till the morning for breakfast. But that could still be dating. When I'm casually dating someone, I'll let them crash. I don't drink, but I'll let them stay over. Remember, things don't have to have a meaning other than what you give them. This blew other people's minds, and I've shared this on the show before, and I'll share it again. If I'm dating someone, I've gone on one date and uh, we happen to, you know, have a friend's birthday party, I'll take them. I once to introduce my parents to someone I went on two dates with because they happen to intersect. My parents were meeting me somewhere. I was saying goodbye. I was like, oh, this is the person I hung out with a couple of times I told you about. Great. Maybe you'll never see them again, but still nice to know who's in my life. Like things don't have to be that deep. I think we make things really intense. Oh, well, they slept over. Oh, you took them to meet your friends. Oh, they met your mom. Okay. Cause they were there. You know, we don't, it doesn't have to have any meaning other than what you give it. Just do you. If you like having them come over for drinks, you like making a breakfast, do it. Um, you said, or inviting them to friends' outings. Cool, I invite people I'm dating to all my friends' outings and maybe they're never seen again and that's fine because my friends know that I'm dating, you know? Um, now, you said, I'm very upfront with people when we start to date. That's good to let people know where you're at, what to expect, what you want. But lately a few of them had made me feel bad that I am leading them on. That seems to be a pretty fine line between dating just to date and dating for a relationship. You can't tell someone in the beginning if you're dating just to date or dating for a relationship because you don't know them. You don't know what it's like to be with them. You can't then commit to anything. That is people's anxious attachment. That are, that's people's anxiety. You don't need to take that on or be responsible for that. To say to someone, I'm dating. I would even add this tagline. Hey, just to let you know up front, I'm dating because I don't know what someone's like relationally until I've spent time with them and I'm always open to seeing where it can go. But of course, because I don't know you and you don't know me, I couldn't tell you what I'm hoping for in this process, but I'm open. That's pretty mature and honest. No one could say, oh, I'm dating for a relationship because you don't know them. And that's not leading someone on. That's the opposite. Leading someone on means I'm withholding information. Leading someone on means I know what they want and I don't want that. I'm afraid to tell them because I don't want to lose them. Leading someone on is about manipulation, lying, and withholding important information. You're doing the opposite. You're saying, "I'm, I'm, I'm open to casual dating. I'm trying to see what's out there. I'm trying to get to know people and I take it from there. That is the opposite of leading someone on people have too high expectations and that's why I tell people like crank it down in the beginning, you know, don't overwhelm, don't stress people out. Um, all right, y'all, if you got a question for us, put in the DMS on our love line, I G page questions, topics, things you want to hit, circle back, drop deeper into that all goes on the love line DM and, uh, past episodes of the show always over at, we are scroll down look for love line and click on it. You can binge post, relisten and share because it's all about that repetition. We got a lot to unlearn so that we can start to, Relearn some better, some better skill sets and perspectives such as this one. (laughs) That's why I love questions like this. Everyone with these anxious attachment styles, I appreciate it, but you can't expect too much too soon or too fast until people get to know you. That's a good sign. If you you want to date in a more secure adult way. So follow the lead of the person who's more anchored. Um, All right, y'all. So much more to come. So stick around and don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. All right, we're back. We're talking tonight about how to stop being a people pleaser, which for a lot of people is very difficult because they're raised in a family where they weren't allowed to have needs. Maybe they're part of a relationship now or social group where they're not allowed to have needs. Maybe you were raised in a family or part of a social world where you're not allowed to have boundaries. You're not allowed to speak up, you're not allowed to tell people no. There's a lot of people that live in that world still or were raised in that world where it's hard for them. Maybe you were or are now around a lot of bullies, people that are boundaryless and climb over and step over boundaries and are harsh and make demands. It's very difficult for some people in the context of their lives to really pull this off. But again, remember not being a people pleaser is about being authentic about who you are, what you need, what you can do and what you can't do. It's about setting boundaries, telling people no. And I want everyone on the receiving end to get more familiar being told no and having boundaries set and keeping your mouth shut when that happens and saying, okay, it's okay. Let me, let me tell my listeners, it's okay for someone to disappoint and frustrate you. Our jobs as human beings isn't to always be be someone who is keeping everyone happy and content. You are not in a real relationship if you are never told no or having a boundary set. You are not in a real relationship if people aren't able to frustrate and disappoint you. That has to be allowed and we stay. I work with too many couples that really have an issue with whatever issue comes up in their relationship. And I say to them, Please tell me you don't want things to be perfect. And they'll say, well, I know perfect doesn't exist. And I said, well, then great. Prove it by allowing some of these things that disappoint you and frustrate you to exist. Because if you insist on every issue being resolved, then you are in fact saying you want perfect and that doesn't happen. So you have to be willing to allow some disappointments and frustrations. And that is usually another person asserting themselves. We're not being passive. We're not being aggressive. We're being assertive, which means sometimes saying, I love you, but no. (laughs) No, I can't do that. I'm tired. No, I can't do that because that doesn't sound fun. No, I can't do that because that doesn't make me smile. Like we're allowed to assess things from that place. I've said this on the show as a way to inspire when I'm asked to do something socially or professionally. My first thought is, does it cause harm to anyone? My second thought is, does it sound fun? I don't want to do things that don't sound fun. I don't care what it pays. I don't care who wants me to do it. My mental health matters as much as whatever I'm being asked to do and the value it has for other people. I'm not saying I'm unwilling to put myself out for people I care about, that's called kindness. I do it all the time. But I am allowed to assess my experience of something before I say yes, period. (laughs) <laughs> that's called mental health. That's called boundaries, but we're not really familiar with that. Most of us would not have the confidence to say to someone, thank you for the invite. It doesn't sound fun. Or thank you for the invite. It doesn't sound right for me. <laughs> we usually feel like we have to make up an excuse, which is ridiculous. That's people pleasing, actually. To say, to make something up, like, I can't make it, my car blew up. No, just tell them No. Make that person learn how to hear no. And that's the problem. We're not comfortable saying no. Most of us aren't comfortable hearing no. We, have, we feel like we need a valid answer. And sometimes the answer is, I don't want to. And that needs to be good enough. So practice saying no. Practice frustrating people. And another part of not people-pleasing anymore is not always apologizing. You don't need to apologize for saying no or setting a boundary. You don't need to apologize because something doesn't feel right for you you can just say, unfortunately, I won't be able to attend. Period. I'm a fan of people not giving reasons. Because when you give a reason, you give the other person a chance or an opportunity to talk you out of it or to make a problem of your reason. It's better to just say, thank you for the invite. Unfortunately, I can't make it give as little information as possible. It's usually your anxiety and people-pleasing that are making you swoop in with excuses and over-explaining or apologize. So working on not people-pleasing means not over-explaining, if explaining at all, and not apologizing for taking care of yourself. That's a big one. But remember, part of people-pleasing is saying, is this in my value system? Is this right for me? Is this true for me? But the making of excuses, is not good because what I really want us to do is to start to tap back into our intuition. You know, when someone asks me to do something, I at first stop and think about how does it feel? What's my first thought in my body when I imagine or think about the request? And if I don't feel good or it doesn't sit well, I speak from that place. Yeah, that's not sitting well, I can't do that, I'm sorry. And I don't really maybe have a higher value or reason to explain, yeah, it just doesn't sound good, doesn't sit well can't say much more than that and I don't apologize and say sorry because I don't have to (laughs) I don't owe you that action you know so this might sound extreme but I want us to kind of push so we can land in the middle because for people that are extreme people pleasers you have to push to the other extreme to land in the middle and that's where most of us are going to land so practice Literally say to yourself, who do I need to start setting boundaries? Who do I need to start setting boundaries with, saying no to, and be willing to disappoint and frustrate? And practice it as much as possible until it becomes something that you're so confident in. We need to be able to do that. It's also part of consent culture. Don't you want someone to want to be at your party? Don't you want someone to want to be in that relationship or have sex with you? Like, that's why we talk about enthusiastic consent. I don't want someone to go to dinner with me who isn't enthusiastically interested. Yes, we put ourselves out for other people sometimes, but our experience matters as much as the other person's experience. You know, we have to talk more about that piece. All right, coming up next, gonna keep talking about people pleasing because that is our topic for tonight and we all have some work to do in that. Stick around, you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back. Talking about how to dismantle, get rid of some of this people-pleasing, talking about being willing to disappoint and frustrate people, saying no, setting boundaries, um, checking in with yourself when a request is made. Here's another tip for getting rid of people-pleasing. Say to someone, I'll get back to you. There's something really powerful in saying, let me think about that. I'll circle back. I'll get back to you. I need to think more about that. It gives you more time to tap into your confidence and to really, really, really build up that motivation to circle back and say, yeah, that's not right for me, but thank you. Because we're not explaining anymore. We're definitely not over-explaining. We're allowed to just say no and that's it. We don't need to give these big dramatic explanations. We don't need to have excuses. We don't need to apologize. But sometimes we need to buy ourselves more time because some of us get a little overwhelmed when a request comes in, especially if it's from someone in a position of power or perceived power. And so it's really hard for us in that moment. And so we maybe want to just buy ourselves more time to do that work or to think about it. Because sometimes in the moment, you really don't know. Not everyone can think on their feet. And so someone might ask you something. And if in doubt, say, let me get back to you. Let me check my schedule. Let me think about that. I don't know. Now's not a good time for me to really sit with that question. And then you can send a follow-up email or text saying, thank you, I considered it, it's not right for me, have, have a great time, whatever it is, you know? But buying yourself more time is awesome. There's like that Snickers commercial or Twix commercial where something, I can't even remember how it goes, but people like shove the candy in their mouth to buy more time and they're like, mm, sorry, busy chewing, my mouth is full. And they have time to kind of like regulate a little bit, think it through, and that's what we need. So get familiar saying, let me get back to you. I'll follow up at the end of the week. Let me think on it tonight. Buy yourself time. It's a big one. Give yourself time to think about it. It's a big deal. Because again, not everyone can think on their feet. And we need to work on that motivation. I want to read a list of uh, characteristics of people pleasers to help us understand, hey, maybe we need more work than we thought. People pleasers are those that have difficulty saying no. We kind of covered that. Uh, Difficulty setting boundaries. Covered it. Preoccupied with what other people think of them. Some people move through the world um, with what we call imaginary audience. This idea that people are watching and judging and thinking, no, they're not. No one is. No one is really giving a crap about what you're doing at the gym no one's there's no imaginary audience watching at the gym no imaginary audience outside your house waiting to see what you wear for the day no imaginary audience judging you know your new shoes or your haircut or whatever it is at the coffee shop everyone's in their own body and in their own mind and really considering and thinking about themselves generally yeah people will notice you but they're really not as concerned as you think they are but we live in this world of this imaginary audience and we hear it when people say things like well what will people think what will people say who are these people <laughs> Because I know when I'm out in the world, I'm not bothered by what others are doing or saying or thinking. I'm in my own world. you know, so you might be a people pleaser if you're really preoccupied with what other people think about choices you make or how you're living in the world uh guilt around you know turning people down um. What else uh, are characteristics of people-pleasing? Uh, feelings of low self-esteem. We got that one a little bit. Uh, you're always telling people you're sorry. You're always you're an over-apologizer, an over-explainer. Uh, here's a, this is a great one. You never have any free time because you're always doing things for people. It's a sign you're a people-pleaser. Uh, neglecting your own needs in order to do things for others. And here's a big one. I see this all the time. You pretend to agree with people even when you disagree or feel different because you're afraid of not having their approval. You're afraid of frustrating them. And again, some people have lived in a world where they're right. You aren't always around people that can handle or tolerate that. There are some people in our lives where if we disagree with them, they get mad, they get angry. And so you've been trained to kind of keep quiet or to just agree, but there's a diminishment of self in there. That's erosion at your self esteem and self worth. The issue is really that person, this other person, needs to learn how to be told no and have boundaries set. It's not your job to teach them that, but it is your job to learn how to do that because that's a skill you need to have. But maybe that other person isn't toxic. Remember, people that aren't willing to be told no or don't honor boundaries aren't safe to have in our lives because we're gonna be taken advantage of, we're gonna be harmed and we're gonna build resentment. That is very depressing, that is anxiety inducing. So give them a chance, if you care about them, to grow by maybe you doing your work and telling them no and frustrating them. And sometimes you front load it. I'm a big fan of people framing what they're doing. I'm a big fan of people labeling, I'm sorry, labeling the process. I'm a big fan of people being transparent about what's happening. You can say to them, "Listen, I'm working really hard on not people pleasing. It's really hard to disappoint people I care about, but unfortunately, in service of practicing, I have to tell you, no, I can't do that. And I and please, you know, I have to trust that you'll you'll be okay hearing that because it's important for me to set boundaries with those around me. You can walk them through the process. You're like requesting that they be better. Hey, it's gonna be. It's really hard to tell you this because it scares me to disappoint you, but unfortunately, I can't make it to your party on Friday. Be transparent. Walk." them through the process that you're doing you can let them in behind the scenes you don't have to just give them the big old no you can let them know how hard that is you can let them know what you're hoping they'll do I'm hoping our friendship is strong enough to survive this disappointment but I'm realizing you say in service of my own mental health I have to be willing to set boundaries sometimes and I'm gonna have to do that right now by letting you know I can't drive you to the airport but I have to trust that we can still be friends after this disappointment you can walk them through that yes that's a little bit of over explaining but we can't come out of nowhere with people that aren't familiar with having boundaries set and just think it's going to be smooth or seamless. So sometimes we walk them through transparently, you know, that's an important skill. It's part of that. Um, it's also just about getting back in, you know, in touch with our emotions. Cause that's really what we're trying to do. So again, take this segment out into the world by practicing. You know, identify a couple people that you really need to work on this with and ask yourself, is it about boundaries? Is it about disappointing them sometimes? Is it about saying no? Uh, Is it about buying more time? And try to find ways to practice that because that's how you make these tools yours. That's how you grow and transform. Practice. The quality of your life is based on the quality of your practice of all of these different things. You can't just listen and think it's going to get applied. You have to actually create moments or find the moments to practice and apply this. And I'm sure you have a lot <laughs> and, and and we can even do this in minute ways and I'll, I guess when we come back I'll talk about some of the smaller ways because I think there's some ways that this applies or some situations that this applies that we don't really recognize as such so we come back we'll talk about this so uh, stick around don't go anywhere we're list- you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey we'll be right back all right y'all we're back talking about people pleasing and how to not do it anymore talking about things like buying more time by saying i don't know let me think about it let me get back to you we're not over explaining we're not apologizing we're setting boundaries we're saying no and i was saying take this out into the world practice this make it yours make this who you are um and sometimes it's the smaller ways that we are less of a people pleaser and it's not things that are done in front of or with another person an example on my iphone There's a setting where unknown calls don't come in. I don't need to be available because someone somehow gets my number and wants to contact me. So I put that setting on. I can't get unknown calls. It goes right to voicemail. I only wanna be getting phone calls from people that are in my phone, which means people that I already know. I don't want anyone to just have access to me because they somehow got my number off of a website or was given it by someone I don't know. I have a boundary around who has access to me when and how. Um, if a text comes in that I'm not aware of who the person is, I don't have to read it. Sometimes I just delete it. And I tell clients that sometimes. You get a text from your mom who maybe is often very toxic. Just because she texted doesn't mean you have to read it. Just because she called doesn't mean you have to answer. Just because she left a voicemail doesn't mean today is when you listen to it. You first say, am I in a place where I want to bring that in? How's my mental health? You might say, I'll check it tomorrow if I'm in a better space, but today is not the day to read that. I do that all the time. Just because you can email, text, send a DM doesn't mean you have a right to access me because you sent it. I decide who and I decide when. I often leave things unread because I'm not interested because I don't know you or because now is not a good time or because I don't need any more stressors on my plate. And I want to give you that. Maybe put that setting on. If you're not in my phone, you can't call. You don't have to read or listen to things. Just remember that. And that's, a, that's, that's one version. Also like on the street, just because someone can get your attention doesn't mean you have to be a part of whatever I, people often say, excuse me. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Because for whatever reason, I have somewhere I have to be or I have something I have to do. Some of this sounds harsh, but that's because we're not familiar with boundaries. And so remember that. Access to us is part of not being a people pleaser. Just because someone knows where you live doesn't mean you have to answer the door if they show up. You can be home, they can know you're home, and you don't have to answer the door just because they know how to walk up and knock on the door. Let them stand there and knock. And then later you can follow up saying, hi, I need you to announce yourself before you show up. I don't just open the door because you decided to roll in. I had a friend that would just show up. I wouldn't answer because you're not going to force your way in in the middle of my day if I have something else that's important or going on. That's part of this as well not letting unexpected visitors show up even small things like sitting at the table over the holidays. We talk about that. Maybe saying, unfortunately, mom, you sat me next to someone who's quite toxic, has poor boundaries, comments on my weight or my drinking. I will not sit there. Or we talked about boundaries that aren't people pleasing. Like, Hey, I'm sober now. So I'd love for not to to be alcohol at the event or knowing that there will be, I'm going to leave as soon as everyone really starts focusing more on the drinking because it's no longer safe for me or I'll stay at the event. But as soon as people start talking about, you know, disordered eating and toxic gym culture and they're talking about food and calorie counting and all these things, I'm going to exit we have a right to leave conversations hey i'm not comfortable with what's being talked about i'm going to leave or walk away hey i'm not comfortable with you know the homophobic jokes you're telling unacceptable and if that continues i'm going to leave so setting boundaries and ultimatums are a part of that determining what we're willing to be around and what we're willing to be a part of i do that all the time i get offered endorsements and i'll say unfortunately that causes harm that's not rooted in mental health i'm not interested in being associated with that brand. All the time I have people reaching out about collapse and I have to say, how ethical is their work? Is this something I want to be a part of or associated with? Does it sound fun? Is it in my best interest? How much time do I have? I turn down a lot of work because I want my downtime to be my downtime. I have my work schedule and if it can fit into my work schedule, cool. But if it doesn't, it doesn't get plugged into my downtime schedule. That is not free time. My downtime is not free time. That is downtime. It is not for labor. It is not for work. It is not for stressful things. It's for pleasure. It's for leisure. And it's for fun. And work has to fit into my work schedule, or unfortunately, I can't be a part of it. And we have to learn how to do that. You shouldn't be getting contacted on the weekends. That's your free time. Don't check your work email. Don't make yourself accessible to certain problematic friends. That's your restful time. That's part of avoiding burnout. That's part of self-care. That's part of mental health is really paying attention to the distribution of our time, what we allow in. So really start paying attention to that. What do I need to, what exits, or uh, what entry points do I need to close? At what time do I need to go in available? You're allowed to, at a certain time of night, 7 p.m., 8 p.m., no longer be accessible. And now it's your time. You're off the clock. I stop checking my phone at a certain time at night. And if anyone reaches out, they'll hear back from me the next day when I have time, because my clinical schedule is very busy. You know, and only certain people get that immediate access. And there's there's very few people, if any, you know, after like 7 p.m., I'm not reachable. No interest in really hearing from very many people, you know. And so you have a right to set that based on what your needs are. It's not unkind. It's called assertion you know? All right. Coming up next, we're going to do some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, things you're wondering about, bam, drop them all in there. Love hearing from you. And past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge post, re-listen and share. Lots of good stuff. Because again, remember it's about repetition. Unlearning and relearning new things, skills, and perspectives. So but apply the work and practice it. But um like I said, we'll be back with some DMs, so stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on channel Q and Odyssey.
0: Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash odysseypodcast.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. Now it's time to slide into those DMs.
0: Sliding into the DMs.
1: This one says, hey, Dr. Chris. My sister has been going through with her husband for a few months now. All right, y'all. We're going to get more into the question, but I want to remind everyone relationships go through phases, ups, down, and in between. We don't panic when things get a little rough. That might be called the maintenance working through growth phase. Where we really challenge our relationship to be more robust and remember when things are difficult and we stick around and work through that is when we demonstrate trust and commitment any who back to your question they live in texas well there's the problem just kidding my brother who i love to death lives in texas some really great places there but your governor needs to get it together Anywho, they live in texas where obviously everything's more conservative thank you took the words out of my mouth bigotry prejudice racism homophobia that's right sexism What else we got over there? Uh, I'm in California and I'm a lesbian. Holler, California, LGBTQIA community, I'm all about it. Me and you, we're fam. All right, I'm in California, you're a lesbian. Their daughter who's 15, Just told my sister and me that she's interested in dating girls high five i want all boys to date boys and girls i want all girls to try dating boys and girls i want everyone to be like hey you know what just like my gender i get to choose it and and i can go back and forth and wear whatever feels good to me that's why i'm all about the dudes that are wearing pearl necklaces and girls earrings let's mess it all up let's queer the crap out of everything everyone should try dating all genders and decide as you go or never decide i'm a big fan of never deciding being like eh, i see what comes i see what's in front of me it's like food Uh, I never know what I'm going to be open to. I might not have liked spicy last month, but I'm starting to like it now. Okay, so 15 told you and her mom, she wants to date girls. Awesome. My sister has so much fear in telling her husband, and I agree. He's still weird with me sometimes. Any advice I can give her? Oh, well, I don't want dad to be one of her first bullies, which is what he has the potential being. I would really, uh, I think this might be in the question. It really falls on her mom, your sister, to manage the, the possible homophobic dad. But this is like why we say this all the time, or maybe I need to say it more. If, if you're a homophobe, don't have kids. Or work through it first. If you're a transphobe or a homophobe, go do some therapy before you give birth to a child because your child is not guaranteed to be straight or cis. Truly, and and that's the world we live in. Go do some work, please, because your child shouldn't have to bear the brunt of your bigotry. That's traumatizing and abusive. Let me say that again. It's traumatizing and abusive for a child to have to deal with the parents' opinions about their gender or sexuality. They shouldn't have to worry or care. Your job is to love them no matter what. And If you can't do that, then you then you love their, your love for them is conditional, and that's toxic. So you need to talk to your, you know, tell your sister, tell your husband, like, do you want to be toxic? Do you want to be abusive and violent toward your daughter? Because if you can't accept who she is or might be or her journey, then you're not ready to be a dad and you're not a very good person and you have work to do. I understand that we're raised in environments. where We're not familiar with these things. But if you're going to be a parent, you absolutely are responsible for getting for doing some work around this period of end of story. You're an adult. Grow up seriously so you the author of this question you have no work to do it's on your sister to be the adult and to manage this and to get her husband's support but the daughter needs to be protected from him i can't tell you the high rates of drug and alcohol use suicidality and all sorts of things from individuals that don't feel cared for by those around them and, um, so your sister needs to step it up and kind of handle this. And she might not even come out as a lesbian or buy her pants. She might realize like, it was just something I wanted to try. It's not right for me, but it doesn't matter. She should be supported on her journey and where she's at. Um, she's 15. So mom step in, handle this, take dad to some counseling, get dad some books, take him out to some movies about gay people. Inter- like do the work, you know, that's part of parenting. Um, Y'all, y'all assume it's going to be easy and simple, and these things aren't going to arise. But more and more kids are coming out as gender fluid and trans. More and more kids are coming out as bi, queer, asexual, pan. Like they were always there. They just didn't have the labels, the resources, the community, or the support. And I'm really thankful for it because it's a beautiful, diverse world that we live in, and um, we're finally kind of, you know, acknowledging the beauty and strength within that. So cheers you know but let's all be a part of that whether we have kids or not whether our kids are gay queer trans or whatever it is let's just be a part of creating a world that's safe for everyone who would not want to do that um but down in texas yeah that's a tough one good luck with that location matters all right y'all if you got a question for us, put in the dms on our love line ig page questions topics things you want to sit circle back drop deeper into past episodes of the show always over at wearechannelq.com scroll down look for love line and click on it but uh we'll be back tomorrow join us then Be kind to yourselves, kind to those around you. We're not trying to live in burnout. So uh, 70% is all we're given, literally every domain in our lives. Um, Thanks for hanging out, y'all. Always happy to be part of your journey. Y'all enjoy the rest of your night. Good night.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.